Welcome to the Living the Dream podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Hello and welcome to another episode of Living the Dream with Curveball. I'm your host, Curveball, and today I am joined by Jennifer Cunningham. She is going to talk about public bullying, cyberbullying, cancel culture, and workplace humiliation. So Jennifer, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm looking forward to it. Can you start off by just giving everybody a little bit of background about yourself, maybe where you're from and anything else you might want people to know before we kick it off? Sure. So I'm coming to you from California and I'm a California native uh, and I um, I worked as a, a coach and a counselor for over 20 years, mostly with a career, helping people with their careers and um, relationships. And for the last year or so, I've kind of um, focused on helping people recover confidence after crisis. Um, more and more, we're seeing people, especially, you know, in this virtual um, online world, we're seeing a lot of people really get their reputations destroyed from things that are maybe um, false accusations, as well as things that are kind of out of their hands to control. So um, I had a, a, a situation in, in which that happened to me, and it prompted me to kind of want to move in this direction. And there's, you know, I, I'm finding there's more and more people out there that are really um, suffering some damage. So that's kind of what propelled me to go into this um, this area. So let's talk about that situation that prompted you to get started in in this field. Tell us about the situation and how you handled it. Yeah, I work at a university and um, and I've been working in higher education and at a couple different places for you know over twenty years. That's the bulk of my career. And in the particular situation that I was in, I, I'm in a very uh, challenging role where I have to make, you know, decisions which can impact the students in um, a variety of ways, some of which are, are, can be pretty devastating. Sometimes students get expelled and, and maybe they aren't allowed to continue with their education. And, um, you know, what happened was uh, even before I was um, making the decision, I was just in the, the beginning stages of looking into an incident. And I think some people thought that I was going to make a decision that wouldn't benefit them. Uh, and they came after me in kind of a really public way. They, um, you know, they plastered the, the entire campus with my, with my name and asked that I, you know, be fired and called me incompetent and accused me of saying some very ridiculous things that I would never say. It was really, that was really hard to take because um, time I had really been kind of a beloved person on campus and had lots of just outstanding relationships with, with the students and had a really get good reputation among my peers. And um, the situation really, you know, affected me. I started, I had always kind of, you know, liked to have a glass of wine 
at, at, you know, after work, but I was drinking more and more. And, um, my husband was getting a little sick of hearing, you know, he was very supportive, but even he was tiring of hearing, you know, how this was affecting me and I couldn't sleep and my blood pressure went up. So I really, um, I started feeling some pretty specs of this situation. And all I really wanted to do was move into another job. I wanted to, you know, quit and move to something else. And, and I tried, but I was so kind of damaged and hurt emotionally at that time that I really wasn't putting off the right vibes for anybody to hire me. And luckily for me, you know, the, the administration of the university investigated um, the accusations that were made against me. And they determined that I was, you know, I had followed the procedure and did, you know, did what I was supposed to have done. So in that way, I was, um, I was supported. But um, even with that kind of support, it was just really, um, it was really hurtful, hurtful experience to me. And so um, that's kind of what, you know, what prompted this whole thing. And then the more I researched and read and investigated about um, defamation and slander and those kind of things, I realized that, wow, there's a lot of people that have had way more severe experiences than that I have. Maybe um, more damaging, but um, I think, you know, when I compare what I went through to a lot of the stories that I've heard since then, I, I feel so fortunate to have kind of come out of, of the situation, um, in a way, a better person for having gone through it. So how were you able to bounce back and rebuild your reputation? Or were you able to rebuild your reputation after all of this had happened? Yeah. So, um, you know, I started reading a lot about people who had had, you know, their reputations destroyed sometimes by, you know, a, a decision that they made that was um, wrong or sometimes just from being an innocent victim. And I started researching and kind of, you know, just discovering, and you know, I, I looked into, um, I looked into suing the the people who, you know, instigated this, and uh, it it was a group of students, but I believe that they were backed by some faculty who, who thought that they knew how to do my job, and they they didn't really understand the the ins and outs of what I was um, supposed to be doing. But I, I, their their intentions may have been good in terms of wanting to support students, but they really didn't know the, uh, the rules and, uh, what I was being charged to do. So started reading and I, you know, I did all the, the normal things that people do to try to kind of get through a situation. I, I meditated and, you know, I tried to get slowly build my health back in terms of, you know, exercising more and, and, and doing those, you know, textbook things that everybody says to do to, you know, to heal through experiences. But really what I think, allowed me to recover the best was when I decided I am not going to this situation define me. And, um, there's a, there's a, um, a man who, uh, did this uh, documentary, his name is Brianson and he made this documentary film in, interestingly enough about, um, mass incarceration, particularly of African-American people. He, you know, these were 
often wrongly accused people that um, were spending years behind bars. And he uh, did this documentary about them called Just Mercy. And I use his quote all the time because his quote is, uh, we're not the worst things that we've ever done. And then I kind of add on to that my own piece and we're not the worst thing that's ever happened to us. So when I, you know, started getting my uh, confidence back, I, I decided I'm not going to let the situation define me. And there's, there's kind of a psychological term called post-traumatic growth. And that's where, you know, you take a situation you were in that maybe was very um, damaging and hurtful and, you know, often could, can really destroy people if they let it. And you take that situation and you, you grow through it. So essentially that's kind of what I did. I put my efforts into creating this, this business with the idea in mind that I wanted to help people and that helped me heal. And then kind of what's even helped more is listening to people's stories about um, their own situations and offering them help. Often that's just someone to listen to them outside of their immediate circle. Maybe their friends and their family are just growing weary and they just, they don't want to hear about it anymore. They just want their, you know, their loved one, their, um, their spouse, their friend, their, their daughter, their sister, their brother, whatever. They, they just want that person back. You know, they just want that fun person that they were before the incident. They just want that person back. And often they're just, they're, they're talking tired of hearing the person uh, ruminate about their experience. And that's where, you know, I can be helpful too, in, in just kind of being that objective voice. And through, the, through hearing about other people's experiences, that allowed me to kind of take a step back and say, wow, I'm, you know, even though what I went through was tough, it's, it's really, you know, it could have been so much worse, or there's so many people that have had, you know, worse experiences than I have had. So I, I think that answered your last question. <laughs> well, this next question is twofold and it did answer my question. The first part of the question is, are you still working at the university or are you just focusing full time on your business? And the second part is, tell us about your business mm -hmm. that you're using now to help people yeah, I am still working at the university and, you know, that, that incident was um, back in 2018. So it's been a couple years and um, I am there and, and, you know, it's been, it's been fine since. Um, and I, you know, I've, I've regained my confidence and I'm no longer really looking for alternative work and, and the business I do part-time, you know, ideally I would like to, um, build this business to where, you know, as I approach maybe retirement age that I could, you know, um, have some income coming in, uh, from doing this part-time and, you know, if, if it, if it takes off and, you know, my challenge is marketing, right? Because I know that there's people out there like me that are experiencing this kind of trauma, but they're not exactly shouting from the rooftops that they've been, you know, slandered or defamed. And so finding them and, you know, they may be a little hidden has been kind of my marketing challenge, but, you know, it would be, I would love nothing more than to be doing this full time and have this replace my, you know, my full time and not quite there yet. And, um, and that's okay because um, moving slowly is, you know, is um, 
is helping me kind of frame what it could look like, you know, moving forward. So um, I'm okay where I'm at. And, um, and I thank you for, for asking that question. Well, tell us about the projects that your company is working on at the time and any upcoming projects that you guys have coming up. Yeah. So um, in my effort to get exposure, I, you know, I talk on lots of podcasts and um, when things are back to normal, when COVID is over, I hope to be on, you know, uh, different platforms and, you know, stages and, and be able to speak about this to audiences. I have, you know, I have a, a small Facebook group and, you know, my, if you're interested in joining my Facebook group, it's um, Confidence After Crisis, Revive Your Badass Self. And that's kind of just a, a support group for, um, for people that may be just looking for, you know, some uh, other people who can identify with what they've experienced. And I am on LinkedIn and do some other, you know, I do some other kind of marketing. I, um, I'm developing a, a webinar and maybe a, a short course where people can learn about this themselves. And then of course, people can work with me one-on-one. -on -one. So my one-on-one -on -one package is usually, I, I really think that anything less than six sessions uh, really doesn't provide enough time to get to the heart of the matter. So I have kind of a six session program that walks people through um, some different phases along with some activities from positive psychology and solution focused brief therapy that I use with my clients to kind of reconnect them with the, um, all of their achievements and um, get them back to themselves or I like to say better than before. Um, and I really like this concept about post traumatic growth. Um, if, if, if people can get there and it, it takes a while sometimes to see how a, a bad situation or, a, or a humiliating situation or a, you know, a situation that's been, that people have been hurt from how, how they can recover and, and move forward. But we see it all the time. It's just, um, you know, it's those success stories, right? Where you hear people have just had these horrible things happen to them, uh, false accusation, or like I mentioned, you know, being imprisoned un, uh, without a, a due process or unjustly. And we're seeing that so much more now. Thankfully, um, there's more awareness of that type of thing. But you see these people that have had these, you know, <laughs> like 20 years in prison for a crime they didn't commit, right? And I mean, I'm talking about something so so minor compared to that. But um, I think we're seeing there's those people that walk out of those situations with resilience. They, they have gone through these horrible experiences, but yet they're able to move beyond them. And that's where I get a lot of my inspiration is from people like that, because I just think, wow, if, you know, if somebody can walk out of, that situation with their head held high and, and ready to move on, you know, with, with the rest of their life, what they can make of it. Um, all of us can do that. So um, again, I think I kind of rambled off, off your, uh, the, the question that you asked me, but those are the kind of things that I, you know, research and I look into and I try to connect with people that are doing similar work. And I've become kind of um, involved in this workplace bullying community. And that really wasn't how I described what happened to me. But I, 
in researching what happens to a lot of people in the workplace and being bullied in the workplace. And, you know, we, we use that word bullying and we kind of, sometimes we think of like little kids on the playground, but um, it's a real thing that happens in a lot of workplaces. And what I realized is that, you know, that may not have been my exact experience, but the, a lot of the the ramifications or the a lot of the ways I was impacted were very similar to those that are in workplace bullying situations. And, you know, in the U.S., we really don't have laws around workplace bullying. We have lots of laws around harassment and discrimination and that type of thing, but it's really hard to prove bullying and, um, but it, it happens, it happens a lot. So, um, you know, it's, it's been, really um, inspiring for me to be connected with that group of people. But I, you know, I, I like to talk to people that are working in similar areas, uh, whistleblowing, you know, uh, at workplaces and, and so forth. So just trying to connect with people and, and get my, you know, share what I have to offer and hopefully um, people, you know, that are, need help can find me. What do you feel about this, this new thing called cancel culture you know that's yeah. become really really yeah. relevant these days it's it's a double-edged sword i think because depending on what side you are of a particular issue you can be seen as you know um if you're not saying if you're saying what you you want to say but one has Half of that group doesn't like what you say and then automatically, you know, cut you off. Are we really getting anywhere? Are we having any dialogue? But then by the same token, if you're saying things that are so outrageous or, um, you know, fake news or whatever you want to call it, those types of ideas shouldn't be perpetuated. So what I come back to is how that person who has been canceled, how they feel. So if I talk to somebody and that's their experience, I try to not, well, I don't focus on what the issue was, what they, you know, I hear about, I hear their story and they tell me their story, but I don't focus on the right or wrong of, of what they, what they're, the side that they took, what I try to focus on is helping that person work through um, their situation and come out okay afterwards. But it's um, in a time where we need dialogue more than anything, it's, it's a very tricky thing. And, um, you know, I personally, I just, I don't know where to, to be with that because I, I hate that people can share these outrageous claims about things like, you know, the whole QAnon thing is really strange to me. Um, but I also think, okay, none of us have all day to research news items. You know, if we hear something on the news, um, I know I don't have time to, you know, spend my day trying to dig for the original source of that information and, you know, decide whether it's true or not. I try to do a little bit of, you know, fishing around when I hear something to see the likelihood that it's true, but we can't do that. I mean, usually you just have to pick three or four sources that you trust and go with what they say, because that's their job is to 
dig around and look for the truth. So it's, I, I think it's a very, very tricky situation. I just wish people would, I mean, my hope for the world, if that's not too big, is that, you know, we can just really talk and listen to each other, but it, it's, it's challenging. It definitely is. Tell us about your website and have you ever thought about writing a book or doing your own podcast? Oh, um, yeah, that's that's great. So now book writing probably isn't my thing. I, I write some blog articles, but um, the idea of a book sounds too overwhelming. I think I, I don't think I would ever get it get it done. I might be able to write like a, you know, a little pamphlet or, you know, some small bites of information. Um, I initially, I tossed around, around the idea of doing a podcast. And I think, you know, if somebody, um, if somebody wanted to run with this, I think it would be so interesting, but a podcast where people come on and actually share these types of horror stories and, you know, and people can listen to, you know, the other person's, um, you know, situation or what the experience, I think that would be fascinating. Um, I'm not inclined to start that, but who knows, maybe <laughs> if I, uh, you know, if I could, um, if I could get something like that going, I think it would be a really interesting story. You know, I, I tell the story um, in a lot of my workshops or, you know, when I present about uh, Monica Lewinsky. And if you're, if you're too young, you may not know, but Monica Lewinsky was a, uh, a woman who um, had an affair with the then president of the United States, Bill Clinton. She was really kind of patient zero in terms of her reputation being uh, destroyed very quickly over um, social media because, you know, she was this young person, this woman that was half the age of the, the president. And overnight she, you know, became known as a, a slut and a home wrecker. And, you know, she was just this little kid. I mean, she was a, a child. She was, you know, I think 19 or 20 years old. And um, yet, I mean, I can't even imagine being her at that age and having her whole, you know, life turned upside down in a major, major way. Yet she, she came through it and she actually now has, um, I think a successful, I think she's done some fashion, uh, work in fashion. And she also is an advocate for, you know, online bullying and this type of thing. And, um, I just, I admire her so much and, you know, and just what she overcame. Uh, but those are the kind of stories and I could go on and on. I could tell you, you know, a million stories of, of things that I've heard that have happened to people. They're just, I find them hand fascinating and one hand so, so sad because a lot of times these people are just like totally innocent and, and just somebody didn't like them and decided to destroy their lives. It's just, it's really a shame. And then, you know, the last thing I think you asked me, Curtis, was where could people find me or my website? So uh, reputationrepaircoach.com is my website. And um, I would love to, you know, if you're experiencing this type of thing or, you know, someone that needs help and support, uh, you know, there's nothing that 
I find more rewarding than doing this kind of work. Maybe you could start a blog, the reputation repair blog. That would be good. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> There's lots yeah. of things I could be doing. Absolutely. But I, I, I like that you're suggesting them because it, it makes me think, oh, okay, yeah, maybe I should look into that. So thank you, Curtis. <laughs> no problem. Do you have any final thoughts before we close out for the audience? Yeah, I would just, you know, leave, leave your audience with the idea that, you know, I go back to that quote, we're not the worst things we've ever done or the worst thing that's ever happened to us. So there's always now is always a time to, you know, make yourself better and, and recover if, if you need to, you know, if there's anybody out there that's hurting really bad, you know, cause sometimes these situations can really drive people over the edge and um, they take their own lives. So um, I appreciate so much you, you giving me this time on the web, on the, your podcast and talking about such an important issue and I just, um, I thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Jennifer, the reputation repair coach, Cunningham. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure, Curtis. Thank you. And listeners, please be sure to follow, rate, review, and share after listening. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream. dream.